Hello and welcome to Audionautic Deep Space Network Episode 7. My name is Sunwarper, and with me, as always, is my Audionautic co-pilot, Curtis. How are you, man? Yeah. I'm good. How you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, also with us today is our friend, colleague, and blinking light expert, Eon Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I think that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) If anybody was on our Instagram yesterday, or was it the day before, uh, we posted a little snippet from the last one where Eon Lake was going on about how amazing uh, the blinking lights on his modular back there are. (laughs) Is he still doing bloop, 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 by the way? You would hope. Yep. It's a bit slower now, though. I was trying to use it for something ambient. Right. Okay. I mean, I suppose you don't get much wob 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 in uh in the uh, the whole world of ambient. I mean, it would be nice. More sort ambient of... wobs. Okay. I like that. <laughs> okay. That's I some ambient like wob wobs. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had a good week? Here? Like, what have you been up to? I've been doing a bit more music than usual, actually. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. always happy when I've been up to uh, lots up here. I'm I'm through all the mixing and all that business. I'm oh, writing yeah. now. Good. I'm filling up the whiteboard with ideas. There we and go. Getting into some serious writing again. Cool. Uh, is it for anything anything in particular, or is it writing for writing's sake? Yes and no. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what a cryptic, lovely answer. I'm doing some deep state stuff at the moment, just because I wanted to. And okay. uh, what is that? Volume been, three uh, or four? That year. Three. Three, yeah, there we go. Probably the last one. Oh, um, how could you say such a thing? Oh, I'll do other stuff like it, but I'll call it something else, okay. maybe. All right, okay, that's fair. That's fair. So you've been in your, you've been in the studio and everything. Yeah, I've been re- rediscovering the joys of modular and okay. doing things different ways, learning some stuff that I didn't know quite so well. Okay. And has that got anything to do with your rant that's coming up later? It has a bit. Interesting. <laughs> well, people have to stay tuned for that, won't they? Um, before we move over to Michael, uh, let's just say this broadcast is brought to us by our patrons uh, because the fact that they support us on Patreon means that we can carry on doing this um, instead of doing the day job. And that's great. So thank you very much indeed. Very much appreciate it. Uh, if you yourself would like to support us on Patreon, uh, feel free to set a pledge at patreon.com slash audionautic. Um, and we could do more of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Morpha, what about you? What have you been doing, mate? Hmm. What have I been doing? Well, right now I'm posting the YouTube video link to the Patreon group chat over on Twitter, um, which yeah. if you join over That's on Patreon, you now. can get there. That was that was very fitting. Um, but <laughs> in general, what I've been doing is I've been having a lot of fun with the SP and Circuit. Uh, and what I've just recently did was I sampled a single synth sound from the circuit and a single bass sound into the SP and then put it in chromatic mode and made like four notes out of or four chords out of it. And then you get all these really cool, weird. And if it's like, like every chord has to be a minor chord cause it's just, you know, repitching. So you get these really mm. weird chord progressions, but they work really cool. And uh, it got me thinking about like, is this a way that I could kind of do a DJ or live set but beyond just DJing, right? Because like I did that one DJ set a couple weeks ago and I'm getting ready to do another one. And, you know, me always being overly ambitious, I was like, maybe I could just do a performative one and do something like this. So it got me thinking about that. And I want to bring it to you guys to see what you think about how you can do, you know, DJ sets beyond just hitting play. And I, I think I sent you guys a link to an interesting article about that. Okay, you want to have a look at it now then? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do that. Because I know Howard Eon Lake is also, uh, mm. you're still, you've got something, right? I know you can't talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's but... very much on my mind anyway, ever since considering live in the first place. Yeah. It's how best to represent what we do Yeah, without being able to do it all at the same time. Okay. Well, uh, for the people uh, for the people watching this, uh, let me just share the screen with you so you can take a look at what... Uh, yeah, and I took some uh, diligent notes in green ink so I can read off wow. some of the parts they talked about. Okay, so uh, Ooh, DJ good. meets producer, how to perform your own tracks in a set. Yeah. So what's your what's uh, take us through this, the conundrum, yeah, so, the problem, the issue? Well, I, I think that what this 
article was talking about was just getting beyond just you know pressing play or just moving between songs and they're also coming from the aspect of djs that don't typically play their own music like why you would want to incorporate your own music and then how you could do it in a way that's not just like playing a song that was released uh previously and so like the first thing they talk about and this is kind of a given you know you could do unreleased tracks or different versions of songs you've already released that's an easy I one that's what everyone did yeah exactly you would <laughs> you would hope right um and then now they start getting a little more complex like the second thing they talk about is try mixing different stems of those songs together in different ways like only have the drum beat and then have you know the piano and and then move between parts or like if you're on the sp you could like put the drums on one of those dj mode slots and then put the piano and then maybe you have a part that's piano and bass and you have that and you fade between things and stuff like that then the third section and i like this one uh if you're trying to do it quickly or something but um you break each section of a track down into its own loop so like for the sp you'd put each section on one of you know the pads and you could play them you could bridge between them and you could do them in new orders and things like that and then the last one which is the one i'm thinking about now is adding some form of like hardware sequencers or performative aspects with like a synth something like that so yeah those right. are the four okay. so go nuts on them <laughs> <laughs> I would. Uh, what, what you uh, you could start us off. The third one sounds a lot like um, just using push and Ableton, really, but not using Ableton or push. Oh. Um, doing it with a hardware sequencer instead, or you know, you could even which do is it cool. With push, right? I mean, you know, you do want to see the person at least controlling what's going on. They can't necessarily play it all, but you want them to be in control and to be orchestrating what you hear and having the control over it to change it depending. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Richie Horton's covered a lot of this ground. I don't know if you've ever seen what he does, but he's got all sorts of additional stuff, you know, drum machines and so on that he blends in on top of records when he's playing and stuff like that. So yeah. he's doing a few of these things. Um, it is interesting, isn't it? I would like to, to mess around with some of it. But when it comes to your own music, it does seem a little bit like, you know, I don't know how much breaking it into bits and putting it back together again I want to do, to be honest. Um, I guess it's just to make it sound new, like give it a new context. Well, I, I would I'd be inclined to write a set and maybe replace parts. And what I found when I adapted my live set for something that I'm doing now was that the revoicing of because I couldn't take the hardware with me, not having a road crew, <laughs> made quite a difference, you know, and, and the balance of the mix being quite different really enhanced certain parts of it that are there on the record, but don't they're not as in your face. So it, it does feel quite different, which I quite liked. And then dropping some sorry, parts out so that you can play them yourself and things like that mm -hmm. and you know being in control of the you know the general structure and crossfading and things you know so that you're doing a little bit of orchestrating mm -hmm. that sounds good at the moment i'm thinking I'd, I'd quite like to do some modular stuff live but... yeah that was what they talked in that fourth one they were like add a modular mm. setup <laughs> I was like, that's right up his, that's right <laughs> <Yeah>. up his alley. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm for it. it, but, um, so what would you do though with that? Would you be sending uh MIDI from your set or would you be just, Oh, drop my pen. Would you be just that is like the question, really, triggering, you know, and moving stuff and things like that? Are you going to go completely outside the box? Are you going to use the box for anything? It's to me, I think. I am going to have my laptop there because it's a oh. bloody good effects unit, <laughs> apart from anything else. Well, so is the SP, though. Uh -huh. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, just... it's got sound tools on it. I mean, I'm sorry, it's got sound toys. Oh, yeah. It's got all my favorite plugins. It's got Valhalla and so on. Yeah. And I have hardware effects. So yeah. it's going to be there, you know, in some form. And it's not, a, mm. I think we need to sort of get away from this laptop bad thing, you know. Yeah, I'd agree. We know. We know what that's a reaction to, right? The whole come see my laptop live and the whole sort of EDM thing. Mm -hmm. But 
there is a place for it. You know, people have been using laptops for sequencing for donkey's use and playing live along with it and all the rest of it. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. You can just use it as an effects box if you want to. I don't know. Maybe you'll have your set list on on a Word document. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. There are no rules. Yeah, it's uh, the... I, I know what you mean in that sense. Like, again, in regards to number three, where you sequence a lot of things, that is right, mm. number three, right? Where you sequence uh, uh, I I, It's was, kind yeah. of breaking apart, but yeah. three is when you break each se- section, I was going to say sequence, um, yeah. into different paths. Right. Four is so, yeah, adding so like hardware and stuff, so that's probably... Yeah, so you're turning a, oh, okay. a section into a sample. But or, you can do both. Yeah. Like, that's what Equivalent I'm kind of contemplating yeah. for. I, I'm thinking for my next set of doing all of those. Like doing the first track where I have mm. those pads that I can play just since, and then I'm controlling a sequence of a track on the circuit like that mm. I've handmade. Right? I quite and like then, the idea. Yeah, and then the next song, like have an interlude that I just hit a button, like a pad, so I mm. can switch all the, the, the knobs on the synth so it's ready for the next part. And then the next one would exactly. be something else. And then the final two tracks, I could just switch to DJ mode and just play them and do effects. So you kind of get the best of all the worlds. Because I like when you don't have to deal with playing parts and stuff you can do a lot more effects to the track like on the, yeah, well, the sp mm. so by doing all of these i'm thinking well it makes it a little easier you can get it done quicker like be prepped for it quicker because you're not performing the yeah. whole thing but you can also do different aspects of a live performance what were you gonna say i've also Howard? thought of having sort of tiers of performance yeah. like there's the just the open mic yeah turn up with a box type mm. performance there's a is my mod just a modular performance, you know. There's the full live set of doing your songs mm-hmm. in whatever way you see fit, you know. So yeah. that there's like a number of different things you can do, and if you DJ, obviously, you know, you could DJ. Um, yeah, I think you should probably having flexibility in that area can't be a bad thing, can no, it? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was approached to. Uh, join a band, and uh, it's a they're like there's a duo here that they're kind of like not busy enough. Well, yeah, exactly right, <laughs> and of course me, the the wonder the wonder man that never is very good at setting boundaries. Of course, I said yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, why I not? Mean, right, it's a band. I mean, I, I, it's a pretty. I mean, it's summer's coming. It's gonna be great. You know, it's we don't have COVID and all that stuff. We we'll go out and do some. I haven't played live in a while. But anyway, um, it's it's people I work with here in Prague anyway. And the uh, they're singers and rappers, and basically they need an engineer to kind of engineer all their stuff to kind of make it work. So we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, we've been taking the stems from the original tracks and then mm-hmm. literally cutting them up into loops and then putting them out on the launch pad, which ah. I'm always a little bit uneasy about because I've lined everything up in Ableton, and now it's just a case of right, then, right intro, verse, chorus, middle eight that kind of thing mm. uh which it's just all right it's fine it plays it like a backing track i, I mean i might as well just play play at the beginning which yeah. is i, I don't I have thought as... what is this giving me well well wait is there going to be the, they're yeah. going to be singing on top though right well yeah so they they're singing and rapping at the front yeah. of the stage and also i will be bringing along the ultra nova and the guitar and i know the chords and so i will just do some improv over the top just some extra so i, I think like that. that makes it entertaining though Right, because yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's how aspect. I make it entertaining. And so now yeah. you have that that uh, locked in backing. I mean, I guess you have to make sure you're hitting the button since you're not just pressing play. But you have that locked mm. in part, so you can improv and add interesting bits on top of it. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of the plan. I, I, I the first couple of sessions we were having, I was just pressing the buttons. I was like, I can do so much more here. You know, there's a lot more to get done. Mm. There's like, you know, there's places to explore and things to do. So. Um, but I suppose that it kind of brings a hybrid system into it. So yeah. again, you're kind of manipulating a track from before because it's a very poppy. It's a very po- they're, they're very poppy and they're very rappy hip hoppy. Mm-hmm. But then you know me, space, yay. So like the Just put super uh, massive at the end of the chain. That's all you need. Everything just on the master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ambient everything. It's, it's a nice yeah. But I mean, with that type okay, of so set, I mean, it's kind of also knowing your place and pocket in that set, right? Because the mm. focus is going to mm. be the vocals, not the... I mean, I would think. I haven't heard the song. Yeah, yet, yeah, yeah. But, no, but no the, the focus is the, the performance of the vocals and the rapping and all that. So it's like... It's kind of like those 
drummers that stay in the pocket you know they're not doing anything flashy but they're driving that beat it's kind of the same thing you want to just drive it yeah yeah i mean i'm happy to be that nerdy kid at the back with a beer and <laughs> while they're doing their thing i'm just like pushing the just buttons and just vibing you know I can't, yeah it's, it's gonna be a great summer basically it's gonna be a great summer um yeah so, so but okay so i suppose bringing it back to the reason why you're doing this michael like in terms of Firstly, have you worked out whether you can make it hardware? Can you put your guitar into your DJ thing? Well, I haven't figured that haven't part out yet, but that's right. why right. I right. have the um, the idea of doing a couple like actual live songs and then a couple DJ mode songs. So the DJ mode okay. songs, I would need the performance because I'm just going to be doing effects and like things like that. So that I'm kind of thinking I can get the best of both worlds and get it ready much quicker than having to try to prep five, six songs, you know, as full performance versions, let's put it. So yeah. I suppose, what is it you're trying to achieve? Live sets. Just, just, okay. <laughs> I, mean, wow. I don't know if it breaks down any easier than that. No. I just, I want to perform live sets, live streams on my YouTube. Um, Cause I'm trying to, as you know, like I'm trying to grow the YouTube and just do these things that I find really fun. And one of the things I want to do is um, live performance and I want to get ready to start performing out in the world. And I was like, well, why don't I just do live streams on YouTube? And so I'm just trying to expand and test the boundaries of like what I can do in these live performances. Well, okay. So, okay. So where do we draw? Okay. So mini debate, where, where do we draw the line between, okay. Sequencing, obviously okay it's not as easy as laptop bad dollars good right it's not as, as howard said it's not that black and white but again I, I i don't feel comfortable just doing that right so i, I mm. want to add something else to add a flash a reason to come and play live where do you draw the line then guys between just a backing track and playing some stuff live and actually performing how would you go first Let's hear your well, playing music. an instrument is probably a good place to start. You know, you're both guitarists, which kind of makes it easier for you, I think. You know, I'm a drummer. I'm not taking my drum kit. <laughs> I, <know you're> the, <laughs> I mean, the that would drum, be a kind of weird. I would press play over there, and then I go and sit down. Well, Shigeto and play does that. drums. Have you listened you know. to Shigeto? No. Oh, dude, you're in for a treat if you check him out. But he would do that. I he, think he probably he does something else DJ as well. He had uh, some, like, I think it's kind of like what Hydro Fighter does when he mixes. He had some, like, Akai knob things where he would, like, bring faders up and things like that. But he, then he would go and do the drums and then go back and DJ and stuff. It's pretty cool. But even so, it's, I dare say he has a minimal road crew you or would think, something. Yeah, or someone yeah. helping him. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean how I would... Just... But I do play a bit of keyboards as well. So, yeah. you know, that's where... That's where I do my bit. What about I, I play a little bit of bass as well, actually? Tell a lie, and this set okay. I've got at the moment because the bass lines are very simple, and they don't, the bits I play don't actually go through the whole song either. Well, okay, I mean, okay, Switched so to a bass synth at one point. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just bring it out through. Okay, so obviously bringing in. Okay, so let's say bringing in a live instrument is a great place to start and obviously yeah okay it's great you know you rock up and suddenly you plug your guitar in and there's a little bit of riffing over the top a lot of people for example use midi and and don't play necessarily play an instrument and some people use chord packs for example so where do we where do <laughs> it's all a performance though and it depends on the context well, right hmm. like if well, you just it, if you're it? playing in like a backyard do you really need to stress about bringing all this gear and stuff you know or if you're playing at like a small venue like when i start playing at these small venues around here that i'm thinking about i might just bring the sp and probably the circuit and then use a lot of just be triggering samples and do a little bit of you know performance on the circuit because it's like how much do you want to bring for that you know hmm. it's the so, practical uh, considerations i think yeah. that that influence it more than the artistic ones. Yeah. You know what you'd like to do. I mean, I'd like to do a little bit of everything. You know, on yeah. my album, I play a little bit of guitar. I play a little bit of bass. I play a fair bit of keyboards. A lot of it has to be edited. <laughs> I'd need yeah, to rehearse. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> you know. 
ideally i'd have a bit of both and i don't mind having a bass around my neck and fiddling around with things when i'm not playing it i kind of like that a kind of a hybrid approach so that i'm keeping busy and what is happening is happening because of me and what i'm doing mm. um i'm i'm just trying to balance there being some performative aspect and there being some risk and something for me to do so that it is a performance yeah you know yeah, so there's definitely. something for the crowd, there's something for me, and it wouldn't sound like that otherwise. It is slightly different. I deliberately make the songs different. You know, the opportunity to drag endings out into intros of other things and so on, that will interest me as well. You know, the theatre, that sort of thing. I mean, like you said, it's got too many layers and goes on too long. <laughs> Well, yeah, I remember you saying last week that you like the transitions more than the actual song. <laughs> when, I'm is, I mean, to, yeah. I mean, when I'm listening I, I to, yeah, when I'm listening to that disagree. sort of music, yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I love it when you got when you got a good DJ in a club and he blends two songs together, and it's like, yeah, all right. And then you have got four minutes to the next track. Well, you're like, enjoying a song, and then suddenly it really picks up. <laughs> you know what's happening, but you're like, ooh, this is yeah. good. It's all about I'm that drop. Good. Mm. It is. It's all about taking the bass out and then bringing there it back it is, in. There it is, yeah. yeah. And just pressing play, that's all you need. Yeah. That's your performance. That answers your question, I think. That's it, yeah. What exactly. defines a performance? Pressing play. No. So that I can take it out. Yeah. And put well, it back that... in again. Well, exactly. I mean, it's... it's Yeah, obviously there's got to be a... There's a, a sense of uniqueness involved, I suppose. Like, if you're gonna... If people are gonna come and see you play, there's gotta be a sense of uniqueness. And the... Um, and if you don't, if it is just, you know, the backing tracks, it's not really going to work in the same way. I'd love to be able to rock up with everything, obviously everything. Wouldn't we all, yeah. That'd be great. And then I'd love for people to be interested in my work enough for me just to kind of hit uh, record in Ableton and then just do my live improvisational jams that I do to write songs. Mm. That would, live stream that. Not... I'd watch that. Well, I ha- I ha- I've, I've toyed with it. And I mean, we've just been too busy with audio nautic. I haven't had time to do anything. But the, it's something I'm considering doing um, because at the same time, all right. So it starts off really well. You know me. It starts off really well, and then I get distracted by something, <laughs> and I'm, I'm noodling on one particular frequency for about 15 minutes. You need like a little post-it co- note that's just like stop, <laughs> <laughs> right on the what filter or something, just like right on the filter <laughs> of your synth. Stop noodling. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a timer on something like that. Yeah, yeah there you just, go. Just I a stopwatch. It's just like, it's been exactly 10 minutes. Why. Change the note. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly why I'm not allowed to do sound design and writing in the same session. <laughs> oh, okay. As in what? As, that's the rule that you stick to yourself. Sound design is always a separate session. And Interesting. it sometimes turns into writing. And if that happens, that's okay. But writing is not allowed to turn into sound design. Ah, Oh, yeah. Okay. And how often do you stick to Because it's all about the flow, isn't it? Right. You want to get yeah. get into the state and maintain it, and you do not piss about with stuff <laughs> because you'll lose the flow. Yeah. Okay. You know? And no, you're right. You're completely. What if, at the same time, what if a little bit of sound design allows you the ability to free up space in the mix to then write more? That's always if, my. If phenomenon. it happens within the flow and it's not starting to, you know, hang an anchor off the back of your ship then okay you know i mean you'll know yourself and if you lose lose the plot because you just started pissing about with the right kick drum sound or something stupid like that <laughs> you know when you were fully vibing and, and instrumental ideas were coming out and then you lost it just because one sound you were fiddling around with too much or something you know live and learn i've done that before yeah the amount of times I've kicked myself because I've like I had a really great idea and then there was a squirrel outside and I'm like oh and I come God. back to it and suddenly yeah. <laughs> curse you squirrel curse you. one thing I wanted to say about the performance thing and this is from pissing about with modular again is I quite like the idea of live mixing of dubbing in effects and things like that and of also sound mangling being mm-hmm. part of the performance because it's fun i love doing it right so <laughs> i'm okay with that it's being entertaining part of the performance. to watch though i do i'm just curious i don't like... know if you know that if you know that those tones that you're hearing are being crafted by the people you know there otherwise i mean they can press play right and it will just 
play, but it'd be a, a lot more static. Yeah. And less interesting. Yeah. But because they're getting into it and changing things and, you know, messing around with it, I would like there to be some performative aspect in changing the way things are playing, tweaking sense, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a ton of fun to doing that on the, the, feeling, you the know. SP, right? You know, like yeah. messing with the vinyl noises and then dropping it out or hitting the isolator so the sound drops and doing the, exactly. the what's that, the DJ setting or DJ looper, whatever, you know, and messing yeah, with the, the time. Loop, and the. Yeah. I mean, it's a ton of fun. And, uh, yeah. You well, can use things, I mean, at the extreme level, you can use things like that to create breakdowns that aren't actually in the arrangement yeah. and risers and all sorts of things. You, know, yeah. you can use it to shape yeah. the performance. So, and, and it's good fun and that's all right. It's okay. You know, <laughs> it's very easy to say, yeah, well, proper musicians, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, you know, you, two, you guys can both play guitar pretty well. You know, what do we have to prove? Yeah. Well, yeah. Does the music general, sound right? good? You, you know, know, for the people there, is it enjoyable? Yeah. Mm. You know, could the guy walk off stage and it could happen just as well? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the question. That's the question. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I suppose, to me, I suppose there's 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 two different types of uh, viewer, spectator, listener, patron, whatever. Um, there's Okay, so there's there's two Curtises, right? There's the there's the consumer Curtis, and then there's the producer Curtis, right? And the two consumer wow. Curtis. Well, I mean, I there's just two. one of them. Jeez. <laughs> 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 the, uh, yeah, exactly. The uh, the the okay, so the, the the spectator Curtis, or just want or the consumer Curtis, just wants to enjoy a good bang, right? A great ambient banger. Just want to <laughs> listen to it and just make it happen, you know. Um, I don't, I don't care what it is as long as it sounds good. Like that track in uh, Abacus the other day, Michael. Like it was just like, oh yeah, people don't know about that yet. Oh but yeah. The, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but that was some sick. Was that oh, song was bang. awesome. I was getting lost yeah. in that bass line when that popped in. I was like, oh, that's sick. Uh, <laughs> and more on the future of Audio Nautic Radio uh, at the end of the at the end of the stream. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, the uh, what was I saying? Yeah. I was just enjoying the track for what it is. And then there's the producer side of me that I just want to understand how it works. So Howard, for example, if you, if you live streamed one of your sound design sessions, hmm. I would, I would be there. I'd be like sitting there going, Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see what he does. Let's see how this works. Like proper nerd it's out. So hit and miss. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. That risk you reward know. you were talking about, Howard, like sometimes mm. it's going to be great. Sometimes it's not, but that's still part of the journey. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's all a, it's all a flow, and it's like mm -hmm. it's it's what it's understanding other people's flow that you can incorporate into making your own flow. Yeah, essentially, it's quite true. everything's a flow, mm. and like, but at the same time, in my head, those two are completely two separate things. Like, okay, so we're all the fact that we spend our time making music somewhat ruins the idea of listening to music because we're always picking apart tracks. Well, I, I, I think of it as a different form of listening. Yeah, okay, I'm so the other way. I'll pick apart my stuff. Uh, everyone else's stuff. Is you can just shut brilliant. your brain off. I, I try to. <laughs> I, I try to shut my brain off when I'm listening to music. So I it, can be a lot more objective yeah. with other people's stuff. It's there's, it there's like, really good. Sometimes I think I wonder how they did it. Yeah, that's that's the only way it tends to creep in. Yeah, yeah. there are things like you know I like the White Stripes. Jesus, the drums being that late, I just can't, I can't take it. <laughs> the snare drum being that late, it's, I can't, it does my head in. I'm pointing it out to my wife, and now she can't stand him either. <laughs> oh, way to ruin it for oh, someone yeah. else. Like, did, if I can't I enjoy it, no one can. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, if you rare. can... It, well, it's rare. If you can listen to a track, Howard, without picking it apart, your third eye is open a lot wider than mine. Um, so... It's a, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, anything more on that? No, I think we droned on enough about DJing. Let's move on. <laughs> well, okay. Well, okay. Uh, let's go to the round robin. Um, the I, th I feel like we've got like segments. We've got news and we've got round robin. And we've got kind of forging some form of... I feel like show. we haven't even hit the news part yet. <laughs> <laughs> And whether or not we're going to have time is a whole other thing. But hey, aren't we professional? I was anyway, not expecting that DJ um... section to go on so long. But yeah, I mean, it was all good. Yeah. It's all good to talk about this kind uh, of stuff. It's just a flow. 
uh we're curious if uh you guys watching this what you guys doing where do you, where do you draw the line um the ideas that we've spat at each other uh over the internet would be it'd be interesting to hear what you have to think about the whole situation yeah what people want to get out of doing their own performances exactly how they balance these things themselves what how they think it's gone over when they've done that any any changes that they've made in the reaction to how gigs have gone things like that i'd love to know Really yeah, exactly. Bad. Like, if you're performing live, how do you do it? Are you having a background track or backing track and then playing on top of it? Something like what Curtis is thinking or what they're going to do? Or are you doing all performative aspects, triggering loops? Um, I know, like, some people use Ableton and they're just triggering all these different parts and singing on top and playing with effects. And, I mean, that's really cool to watch, like, live looping whole segments mm. and things like that. That's pretty sick. But, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys that are listening. Yeah, so, uh, round robin discussion, more extended uh, from what we're going on. Now, I've been thinking about this, um, uh, basically the comfort zone, which is something we touched on in light speed, uh, may it rest in peace. Uh, the idea of, <laughs> of uh, the idea, like, uh, stepping out of our comfort zone and trying to develop and be better than where we're at. Um I came to this idea because over the past week, I've been writing Fragments 2, and it's an exploration of MIDI, Serum, and Vital. So it's a lot of MIDI. And I wrote it all, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I never write with MIDI. This is going to be great. New explorations. And then I got to the bit where I'm freezing all the tracks. I am bored. And so I'm just like, exploration is good to a degree because you learn something either way you know you learn something for where you're going but it's important as artists that we continue to challenge ourselves in the creative aspects and i was curious what you guys do or what you think so maybe someone listening can also get some ideas for how they can step out of their comfort zone and how far and how often how important well, is it well that's that's again that's this part of it all like i, think I, it's I mean it's important to a degree but i don't think you should be like right well if i've played that chord i can never play that chord again <laughs> um you know to be silly about it but you know what i mean it's like yeah. how far do you take it okay so okay so okay so <clears throat> we all have a sound i think that's fair to say at this stage we all have a sound we all have a kind of a thing that we kind of when you put one of our tracks on, even if it's only to us, it's like, oh, yeah, that's 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 mine. It's my signature. It's my little, you know. Um, so obviously you want to maintain some form of consistency through your tracks, but is the goal not to develop as much as you can and explore as much as you can do? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, but I think your sound is defined by a number of different things. You know, okay. it could be six or seven different elements, and they're not always all there different mixtures of those things but common things you tend to hear in them so it's okay for like a couple of old friends to be in there if you've got a bunch of new stuff going on as well mm -hmm. and i think i think it's not just about the music i think it's about your your approach to it that i like to keep that flexible anyway in in the way that i work you know what i mean i've talked about it before with ideas and jumping off points and trying to do things differently, not starting with the same thing, you know, setting myself challenges and so on. Yeah, um, if I so may I'm... interject, I was going to say, mm. I almost feel like while you're saying, oh, it's good to stay in, in, you know, use familiar things and stuff, your premise for making every track is always different and contingent on things on the whiteboard. So to a degree, mm. you're stepping out of the comfort zone every time you make a track. Sometimes. While you bring in familiarity, and I think that is the key. Anyways, I'm sorry to interject. I just wanted to. No, no, that's up. true. But well, sometimes it. the songs just happen. Yeah. Sometimes it's not an idea, or the idea didn't really do anything, but a song happened anyway, and I don't care. They're only there to get me going. You know, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I I have. I still have vision about where I want the music to go. Until I've got there, I don't know where I want to push it beyond that, you know. And I'm, st I find I'm also hearing new music, liking new things, trying to bring new things into what I do, and seeing where that fits. And I don't necessarily think that that's something that's going to stop over time either, because 
you know, you always hear new music, you always hear things you really like. And it's not a question of copying it, it's just that there are elements of it that make you mm. think from a writing perspective, oh, man, I never really thought of doing things like that. Maybe I'll have a go. So I'm not that deliberate with it, except for maybe the whiteboard thing. Um, and just try not to do it exactly the same way each way. Or if I find I'm using a piece of equipment for just one thing, do something else with it deliberately <laughs> to try and get out of that rut. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said so, before, I'm not spending a lot of money on kit this year. It's about consolidation. It's about learning. <laughs> My birthday accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to do the uh, press X to doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be a cold day in the hell when Howard stops buying gear. All these synth companies are panicking right now, just drenched in sweat. <laughs> oh, no, he's not going to buy anything this year. <laughs> The stocks of Roland have just gone through the floor. <laughs> All the modular companies just crashed. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff I need to learn here. I've got months of work, I think, really getting good on some of this stuff. So I'm going to do that as much as possible. All right, okay. we'll see. I mean, that, we'll that in its own right is that. I mean, that exploration that is exploration in its own right. You know, like uh, consolidating your knowledge and kind of pushing down on. Or hunkering down, sorry, I should say, on what you know. That is a stepping out of the comfort zone in its own right, because I mean, it's new gear, isn't it? The, I still, for example, I mean, I've had this for a few months now, and it's a great bass machine, but I'm still working on trial to try and make it something more than just a bass machine. It's the monologue, not the mini log, and the mm. patches are not quite as, it's not quite as flexible as the mini. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. a monosynth. It's, not it's quite thick, as, though, so it's like a monosynth, isn't it? So you should be able to get good leads out as well. Yeah, it's just a case it's of kind of working art. around. Yes, it's just, I suppose. But every time I come to like this, I, 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 it's like a set. It's like the back of my hand. I know exactly what I need to do with this. Mm. Then I come to this. It's like, ah, and that's fine. And it's just part of it, you know. So mm. it's like I like that part. Well, yeah, I yeah, enjoyed yeah. that I, I, bit. Like with the SP, <clears throat> it was the first time I stared at something musical when I got it, like in years. That I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing with this thing. And then just slowly cool. over time. I was like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I could do this. And it just like yeah. opened my mind up to all these things. Yeah, monkey dopamine is great. Try taking it out yeah. of the studio and just sitting on a... That's what I want to do. I want to take that in the circuit and just like jam. And write some patches. In a park or something. Experiment. Yeah. yeah. I find it helps to take it away somewhere else. Just one bit You're big kit. on it, aren't you? Mm. You're big on like taking it out of the studio, taking it to... Just a, it's field, a psychological so. thing sometimes. And that, in its own way, yeah, is get... going out of the comfort zone, mm. right? Like you're out of yeah. your studio, you you have limited equipment, so you have to work with the limitations and make them work for yeah. you. Lot good, a bunch of good ideas yesterday, just on the OP1. Oh, yeah. Just four-tracking yeah. a few yeah. things. And it can make some pretty wonky noises and some, you know, loopy drums and yeah, and I figured, oh, when I run out of space, I could just dump these as samples onto the SP and start yeah, again. There you go. Oh. Now there you go. you're Where the chicken dinner. Just two little bits of kit, and you could be going for hours. Yeah. And get some yeah. big yeah. stuff out of it. That could work. Uh, before we move across to the uh, to the well anticipated rant, I do on. have something to say uh, about the company. I, I, I would, yeah, I'd like yeah. Uh, I'd like to hear what you think, Michael. I I uh, I surprisingly somewhat disagree with Eon Lake, but feel like he's also kind of saying the same thing in a different way. But I, I yeah. feel like you should try to do something out of your comfort zone, whether musically or just in life every day, just to grow as a person and to grow. Like I want to mm -hmm. learn like a uh, sound phaser. Our label mate always says lifelong learner. Like I mm -hmm. always want to learn new chords and new, maybe not chords, you know, but new ways of putting things together and, uh, like I, I was listening to some soundtrack stuff yesterday to work on like uh, themes for orchestral type stuff. And then I tried to convert that to a synth and like guitar thing and make like more melodies and things like that. Like it's just breaking out of these normal ways of doing things to just kind of open your mind. Like what you were saying, Josh, with um, uh, Fragments too, how you were doing it all MIDI and then you just started freezing stuff and now you're bored. Do something new with how you mix it. 
like throw everything in bus channels or or chop it up and resample and do you know just like try one thing and see what it does yeah and it's that's i'll end up going down those routes i, I was just doing it yesterday like so i've got i've got three or four tracks and it's, it was just a, it was a session of you know how i, I compartmentalize my sessions yeah it just, this was just freezing i'm like this is just a lot of hanging around really this just takes the fun out of everything but uh, yeah you know but what's that again progress bars yeah. oh, they God, just make it worse <laughs> It's awful. It's like I put a drone on for like twelve minutes, and it's like, oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, come on! Oh, and I'm gonna have to master to... that drone, what? aren't I? Oh, twelve minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, but we'll see. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm in somewhat of agreement. We always should be pushing ourselves to do something different and better. Um, yeah. And you can always uh, yeah, go back um... to those comfort spots, like, and, and like Howard was saying, like, if it's working, you know, like if the way you mix works. Do something different before you mix and then mix the way you like it. But if you're getting stagnant yeah. or bored, it's all about having fun. That's why we do this. So grow. And also and the fact develop. you haven't necessarily discovered everything you like doing yet. Yeah. You know, like you clippers. I had used a clipper in however long. And you're like, try the clipper yeah. and the master. And ooh, I love that thing. <laughs> oh, exactly. I put my uh, I put my guitar up to standard for the first time in about three years yesterday. Oh, wow. and... Yeah feels weird but i mean yeah. like, it's a completely different set of tones and like the yeah the vibrations on the strings it's it's, it's different it's you ever different. tried dad gad d-a-d-g-a-d -A -D? i have not no. you should try that uh, it's pretty cool dad -dad, all right d-a-d-g-a-d -A -D -A -D, that's the tuning so it's like drop d but then you're uh changing the bottom two as well you're dropping oh, so it's drop down. d but then the, the b right. string goes to a and then the e string goes to d on the the, the high you know the high ones i love it yeah i'll have a look it's cool um but yeah how about again uh come back to you guys uh watching this uh we'd like to know how you step out of the comfort zone or if even stepping out of the comfort zone is something that you're interested in um again we are just three shaven monkeys on a screen uh and uh we'd like to know what you guys think at home that kind of thing um but yeah um howard your time is here all right okay so we're going to talk about that aren't we <laughs> no we're talking about that <laughs> <laughs> so bugbear of mine recently and something that I think results in some sort of advice that I would like to give. I don't know if people would like to take it or not, but compliance in equipment. It's really about hardware here and the almost planned obsolescence that you get. Yeah. With things that don't use class compliant interfaces or drivers why in this day and age are we still doing stuff like this you Money. know so so this came to light for me um because of my drum kit as you guys know oh um, yeah i completely missed the fact that they'd stopped to do updating the drivers for it some time ago so roland in their infinite wisdom just picked on the one kit that i've got retired that and kept the one below it and the one above it going longer and basically i found I'd, I'd upgraded my studio everything was working fine but my drum kit no longer works now it's got a midi out on it so it works as a drum kit on its own right you, it makes the sounds you can plug it into a pa you can put headphones on it's a drum kit great as far as midding it to a modern studio you need a class complete a, a a, sorry, a specific driver installed, and it appears as a two-channel audio interface, mm. as well as having MIDI over it, which is all really convenient. Mm. The fact that it's two channels is a strong argument for the fact that it could have used a class-combined driver, but anyway, it doesn't. And they stopped writing it for Mac OS 10, 15 or something. It's, it's long dead. So there's no MIDI in on the brain there's a midi out but no midi in so the only way you can get midi to it is on the usb lead which requires a driver so that's it so, i mean from a from wanting to record midi and send it back to the kit to you know reamp it kind of and record it can't do that anymore so you've lost your you've lost a quite a significant part of your studio you could say yeah and i was really happy about it so um, 
really expensive ones have MIDI interfaces in, out, through, as well as any of the USB crap. So you're kind of covered, right? And one day when they stop writing the drivers for it, you've still got MIDI interfaces, you've still got audio in and outs, and some of them have got mults. So you know that you're kind of covered. So this is something that is in the forefront of my mind in every single thing that I buy now is, am I relying on a particular version of a particular OS on a particular computer that could blow up, and then what? And you've stopped writing the drivers, and then suddenly I've got an expensive piece of hardware that is, for my purposes, not entirely useless, but a lot larger or closer to being useless than I would like, especially only a few years in of having owned it and spend a lot of money on it. I waited years to get a drum kit again. Um, still not happy about it. I found a workaround. Those uh, Windows 10, the drivers still work on that. So now I've got to have another machine running Windows to talk to the <laughs> drum kit. Oh man! So, so you, and then so, I'll I'll use Ableton Link <laughs> so that they're in sync, and the audio is still connected to my studio PC. So I've got this satellite Windows drum sequencing laptop. <laughs> is there? Is there, I assume there's nothing that Roland can do for you at this stage. Isn't there, there, no? There. They had this interesting article about how you could try using uh, a MIDI host, uh, like a physical MIDI host, oh, yeah. which is a an intelligent like electronic box that called? acts as the hub is it end the of it. Eye connectivity, one of those. Yeah, but yeah. the problem with that is, if you're going to connect a device to a MIDI host, it will only recognise ones that are class compliant. <laughs> if it was class compliant, I wouldn't need the host in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to smash the place up when I discovered that. Oh, so I did man. buy one. I mean, that brings up a bigger issue, and though. Then like, it back. look at look at like the SP not having normal MIDI. What is it? The five. You know, the, yeah, although I'm I'm less worried about that because it is widespread. Well, it's just um, it's just that the micro freak is doing it as well. Yeah, I know. So it's just like the issue the... is that all these things use different parts, and like you need dongles to connect mm. things. Like, look at the but, iPhone got rid of you know the aux. I forgot yeah. that the uh, the MacBook Pro got thing. rid of it too for a while. I think they brought it back, but it's like it's just annoying when different things don't have the same connectivity. Like you know, I I I don't have those yeah. little. Uh, midi connections i only have the five prong one or whatever it's called so i just can't mm. do it so i'd have to buy another one or get a dongle to fix it it's i just can't but it that. is a standard those are, and exactly there warned, needs to be standards between if you're using things. five pin to three and a half mil trs there are two standards for it yeah <laughs> so make sure you get the right one yeah, and like the TRA doesn't have a quarter inch, it's got eight inch. Other people make it, it will be around longer. I mean, God knows MIDI's been around long enough. The five pin <laughs> interfaces, you know. Well, that's the savior, right? I mean, Jupiter 8s. I imagine you have to cut them open now and put yeah. some other interface on, stuff like that. There have been mod kits over the years and so on, and slight changes made to add MIDI to them. But some of them. Some of the classic stuff that's come beyond then, after that time, it's all still good, right? It's still got inputs and outputs that you can connect to something. It still sends MIDI. It still sends sound. You know, if your computer blows up or you upgrade it to whatever version, it still works. And that's part of the reason to have hardware for me. Because I had too much tied up in in a computer... Ended up dying, and I lost loads of uh, loads of material, loads oh, of yeah. instruments, and stuff like that. And I just thought, sod this. I'd rather have a few bits. That's, of kit. that's your origin story, right there. <laughs> yeah, that's how he became the ranter we know today. <laughs> it was, you know, they're still there. And I'm looking in front of me. Everything's got a MIDI interface on it. Everything's got an output. You know, mm. it's, it's not fine. particularly dependent on anything. Something goes pop. That thing's broken. Not mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just get That's frustrated at the lack of a standard on some of these. You know, mm. like the TR8 that I have, or 08, whatever, doesn't have a quarter inch, so I have to get an 8-inch connection to, you know, a dongle that switches it and all that. It's not as frustrating as, like, you're saying with the class compliance. Like, that's Especially just, when it's just That's just software. ridiculous. Yeah, that's just like ridiculous. A version thing. What year is that? Fuck that. What year is that thing? Uh, the the what, the V-Drum, right? When was that made? Yeah. I don't know, actually. Because I'd be curious, like, how long is it? Years. Is it five years old, ten years old? Like, how long were they keeping it updated? It's more than five. Okay. But, uh, I, it's, but it's, if it's it had a mid year on it, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all it needed. I like even, okay, so you, as, as far as I see it, the if you buy a product, a piece of hardware, and you don't trash that hardware, that hardware is good for as, as long as that hardware shall live, which means that the the vendor that sold you that, they have a responsibility to make sure that your stuff still works That's... for as long as it is like a retiring. A lot of a, in, a... in Europe agree with you as well about oh, planned obsolescence. I mean, yeah, it's your rights as a consumer mm. to fix, to repair, to make good, and the manufacturer's role in supporting you in doing that is yeah, it's not as keen in the UK. People don't agree quite so much. I didn't. I didn't, here, I didn't but... realize it was a, as far as a UK EU thing. Uh, no, no, not necessarily. But I think I've heard a few stories of trying to change laws in Europe to support um, people changing batteries. Like not having a built-in battery that can't oh, be yeah. changed isn't user-serviceable. Mm. Things like that. We don't seem to care too much about it in the UK, but I've heard plenty of stories of you know trying to pass legislation to make things easier to service because yeah, you know, isn't that the right? We do not need thing? to be chucking stuff in landfill. No, we really yeah. don't yeah. you know yeah that's the right to repair <laughs> stuff right because i keep mm. hearing about like with apple there's issues about the right to repair you know like can you open mm. up an iphone and replace the battery when it dies or something yeah be able to yeah but these companies they want you buying they want well, you upgrading like i would said planned obsolescence mm. you know like they want I'm things to be unable to work after x amount of years so you have to buy the next new big thing you know yeah, for like and they do a lot of RAM, work with you can, like you yeah. know resourcing hardware for third world countries and that to give it a longer life, but that is just extending, and only partly mitigating the issue. I mean, really, these things could be around a lot longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially well, when it comes to music, right? Oh well, yeah. yeah, I mean it's not it's not going anywhere, you know. Um, and tape reels are still being used, right? I don't know. How many years on? <laughs> People are still playing violins. Yeah. Yeah. From like 400 totally. years ago or whatever. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. if it's a well-made thing. Maybe this is what we should... Maybe the lesson to be taken from this is we should not buy gear. We should build our own gear. I.e. we should all get into modular. That's kind of... But those pieces can die too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, uh, but anger. yeah, but if you got if you got a solder <laughs> guy, just, yeah, just, just build a guitar. <laughs> yeah, too. I mean, if you've got build a multimeter, an amp, build and your pedals. You know, <laughs> replace a few capacitors, and you'll probably be all right. Yeah, the only one I had ever go pop was a self build, anyway. So, <laughs> ah, well, there we go. There we go. Shoddy workmanship. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we have got uh, four minutes until the top of the hour, gentlemen. Uh, Michael. Uh, would you like to take the next? Uh, what is it that you would like to speak of in these last four minutes? I don't know. What do you want me to speak of? I mean, we have a couple of things. We have... Give us your I, wisdom. I, give us your wisdom, sir. Yeah, wisdom? Um, okay, well, uh, I've been talking a lot about stats and all that stuff. Um, mm. Last week, we talked about the YouTube. I had an issue with that YouTube premiere. I premiered a video yesterday. It wouldn't let me do the trailer. I was like, you suck. <laughs> is, it, uh, is, it, is it a threshold thing? Like, you have to have a certain... I don't know. I, I, it didn't say that. And it, it said... I even looked again, and it said, oh, just upload the video and then go to the edit premiere. And I went to edit premiere... And the only option was changing the premiere song. So I changed it to like the ambient one and I set it to a minute instead of two minutes, which was nice. But I wanted that little trailer. Didn't let me do it. But uh, I'm going to look into that more and I'll report back. But really quickly, I saw Spotify posted these uh, studies. Josh, do you mind pulling up? I think I linked it to you. Um, The one that I thought was interesting most, but they're all pretty good. We can put it in the description when we're done with the video. Um, but the, it was about releases and they did like all these studies and showed how releases, I think, I forgot how they phrased it. We'll probably see it once it pops up, but it said something like, um, it's not, you know, one release, it's just continuing momentum. Um, go down to the one about releases, Josh. I, 
Or is that it? Sorry, I'm seeing it through uh, got Reach, Streamlabs. Reach, Music, Global. There uh, should be one that's like Reach. release. Give it a second. It's uh, my poor, yeah. I think it's my the, poor seven. I think it's like one go. or two up. Yeah, that one. Release. Release. Right there. Right? Yeah, click that one. Okay. So it, it shows some really <clears> cool <throat> graphs and all that stuff. Now I don't know what the study entails properly. You know, like how many artists they looked at and stuff. But it just gives some interesting information. Like they're saying, make sure you update your picture. I believe the diagram. Yeah, like make sure you update your picture, do all this stuff, you know, like because you're going to get a lot of traffic to your page when it releases because you're posting it, you're doing all that. Um, and then if you keep going down, I mean, it's it's kind of mm -hmm. common knowledge, but some of this stuff is just interesting. Um, yeah, don't stop sharing after. Now, of course, they want you to do all this stuff so they can make money too off of you. But I just think yeah, it, don't it, stop it, giving it, us your content. Yeah, it's also, don't. but it no, also yeah, yeah. works for Bandcamp. Like if you're posting yes. Bandcamp, you yeah, know you're yeah. going to get people visiting you. So change the header, change the uh, color design, yeah. the picture, things like that. New release gives your bump, uh, gives your other music a bump. Yeah, same for Bandcamp. If people go on Bandcamp, make sure you set that side discography thing the way you want it, so that people can go mm. check out you know, the next album or put links to things. Um, uh, what's this one? Oh yeah. Changing the canvas. Supposedly. I don't notice much with canvases. I don't know about you guys. And for anybody listening, do you ever notice an uptick compared to a song? You don't have a canvas to a song. You do have a canvas. I don't yes. really like to know. Uh, I, I, I've, I've seen, used I, I, I do canvases I think... on the singles, like the big songs. Hmm. The, the way I've always seen it is shareability as opposed yeah. to reach yeah. as in if I'm if I'm on my Instagram and I want to share a song on Instagram I would yeah. like it to have a canvas because it looks cool yeah like I the, just wish yeah. the song would play too well you can that. do it if you if you engineer it a little bit so you then you go into the music bit it won't then, let oh, me no, it says can't. if you're using Spotify yeah that's the issue it's it. it's annoying um no, so you see this well, cool art, and then that like there's no sound. It's like okay, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I would be curious for anyone using canvases. Yeah. Uh, like I notice on songs that get on a lot of playlists, the canvas views are maybe eight for every hundred or something, you know. And it's playlist, so it's yeah. background listening. But it's just mm. interesting. But we'll put a link to the all those studies that they posted. They're just interesting to look at. I wouldn't necessarily say it's important for your Spotify, but. It has crossover, like I was saying, with Bandcamp and with your social media. It's yeah. just good things to know. Um, you know, whatever your opinion of Spotify is, it's it's stats, and that's always interesting to know. It's good to know. Yeah. Whatever you think of Spotify, you can rely on them to do some market research. Yeah, exactly. So use them like they're using us. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a tool, right? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely. are tools. Yeah. They are totally tools. <laughs> and you can learn from it, definitely. I was just I was just laughing at ride the wave. <laughs> well, you know they have to use the buzzwords and be trendy and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah. just in my case, it's not so much a wave <laughs> or a little ripple. <laughs> I mean, it'd be interesting to see... <laughs> it'd be interesting to see. Okay, so we've got FCC coming through the label this in the next uh, week or so, next two weeks. It's twenty second of April. Um, and we yesterday we started the promo campaign for everything uh, publicly, should we say? So it'd be interesting to see what stats we can gain because I feel like over the last year, uh, we have we have a bit more knowledge. Uh, it'd be interesting yeah. to see if the hitting these particular boxes that you've just like uh, mm. given through whether or not that gives Paul a boost beyond that which we would have given him anyway. So it'd be interesting to see. Maybe we should report back in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys like these sort of statistic things and stuff like that, uh, let me know because I love looking at this stuff and I don't mind if we make it a little end of the episode segment or something. But, um, you know, it's always it's good cool. to learn these things and like Howard was saying, utilize hmm. them. Uh, you know, so yeah. Exactly. All right, gentlemen, if this was terrestrial radio, we would have been kicked off by now. That's uh, true. Luckily, luckily, it is not. <laughs> luckily, it's not. Uh, so it's nice. Uh, you um, did tease thanks, something about uh, talking about something at the end of the episode so oh, shit. we do yeah, need okay. to make all good right, on right. that because howard okay. is like waiting with baited i have not i can see I'm look at this yeah so we we have we have another we have a new iteration obviously we stopped light speed uh when we started doing adsn um and so over the past couple of weeks slash months some for and i have been uh 
testing out a new concept, which we will be bringing to you guys uh, at the end of the month on the 23rd of April. Um, it is entitled uh, Binary Stars. Yeah, um, I act- it's actually titled Audionautic Radio Presents yeah. Binary Stars because yeah, it's an fi- extension it- of our radio and our playlist, which you can find in the description below. You can, yeah. So it's a, it's a talk radio show, um, just the two of us. Um, each week we come together uh, and we basically share some songs. And we have uh, we bring a song that is we found on the Audionautic Radio playlist. And then we also have a song that we ourselves have been listening to just for the fun of it. And then we sit, we talk about it, we shoot the shit, talk a lot of bollocks, and uh, make it make a good time of it um these are not live for, for now these are pre-recorded um in the sense but i mean we don't know what our songs are going to be before we turn up it's kind of exciting really <laughs> yeah um and uh yeah so it's just another outlet for us uh we have obviously we have adsm which is live this is just another kind of like uh talk radio topic between the two of us it's no it's fun. just a cool way to listen to a song and uh get each other's opinion on it and we can learn from the song like one of them we were talking about how well the artist used loops but making a full journey out of it you know and like that that's so inspirational because i always struggle with how to turn you know you have a four bar loop with all these different uh instruments on it how do you turn that into a song and it's like well that's a great template you know the way that they made this movement and things like that um and really quick sleepy shut in what's up man uh, happy to have you here. We're just about to end though, but uh, glad you made it. Yeah, and um, the focus of this show, just to make an addition to that, is uh, it actually takes inspiration from Howard um, and the idea that the uh, the wide eyes going through the idea <laughs> that uh, we're focusing on less is more. We're not necessarily focusing on the latest releases. Um, I think the first episode involves a track that was written about three years ago, for example. Um, we're not focusing on the latest stuff, not focusing on the biggest stuff. We're focusing on four tracks each week. And we're really like talking about them and bigging them up and kind of enjoying them and focusing on the small bits, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. want to be on the playlist and by extension the show, uh, you can DM either Curtis, Audionautics, uh, Instagram or you. Twitter. Sorry, I'm getting all caught up on all the socials or my own. I usually do the playlist, but uh, you can hit up any of us and we'll we'll take a listen and see. Yeah, uh, Michael and I, uh, believe it or not, Michael and I actually communicate quite often. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah, despite the time zone differences and whichever app we're using, it gets confusing. So it, it doesn't need to be your latest track. No, 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 no. If you've got something, right. uh, the playlist does not have to be new stuff. I like putting new stuff, uh, but... We also it's a balance. Yeah, it's a balance. I mean, if there's a song mm. that just is a vibe, you know, we're gonna put it on. It doesn't matter when. Like I put on uh, old songs of yours, Howard, because you don't put a lot of your stuff on Spotify, but I still love <laughs> it and I want to listen to it. So uh, you know, it's all good. Thank you. That's cool. Uh, any final words, gentlemen, before we uh, head off for another week? No, man. Just uh, we do these at 11 a.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. UTC on Wednesdays. So if you want to tune in live, you're welcome to the chat. And then anyone that joins over on our Patreon can hop in the call itself. Um, We usually talk for about 30 minutes before we bring the patrons in. And then if anybody's on, we'll bring them on. Yeah, completely. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much uh, for tuning in today. It's been great. I would love to know what everyone thinks. About. Yes. seriously these questions that we've been asking yeah genuinely curious list them off right now howard I'm, I'm testing no, I'm just <laughs> how you approached it how you had to change it how your gig experience went cool. all of this stuff look at Everything this guy we talk about attention. in this is yeah. uh is for people to opinionate on and yeah. share their views that's what we want yeah this with, Get the with, discussion going exactly this is a place where we're trying to build uh something that is greater than us where we're sharing ideas bringing together coming together we really want to know what you guys think of uh so please let us know yeah and let us know how you like the new transmission incoming and uh it's what will soon be the transmission terminated stills that josh made um we're gonna be updating them with music and stuff like that but it's a slow process as anybody who's been watching from episode one knows <laughs> we have to phase these things in it gets a little complicated yeah, there's a lot going on eventually they'll move that's another big thing. yeah but, and there'll uh, be music we'll it'll be cool it's cool 
but yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the show very much. Show I've certainly enjoyed chatting uh, with you guys as I always do. Uh, yeah. Do we all have a purple light right now? We kind of do, don't we? Uh, mine's more red, but yes. Oh, uh, before it we was go, when you said that. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Look at our synchro synchronicity, gentlemen. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, Final uh, word from uh, Sleepy Shut-In. Uh, I've been thinking of doing live sets as well, but it's so intimidating. Maybe one day. I feel well, that, yeah. man. I yeah, fucking feel that. That's the fun, I, man. That, that's that, why we're talking about that, this. That's what we were talking about. Uh, Sleepy Shut-In, I don't know if you heard the beginning, but um, you're welcome to listen back and then next week let us know um, how you feel about what we mentioned. But yeah, the I love that anxiety. Like It, it sucks in the moment, but the second that finally ends and you're up on stage and it's just like, well, whatever mm. happens is going to happen. And I might as well just have fun. Cause I'm here. I love that moment. And then I just totally blank. Like I just lose myself in the moment. And I, I missed that. Cause I did one set in 2020 and then all that stuff happened. And uh, now I'm just like, I, I guess it's time to start doing them again. So yeah. Good way of doing it. And on that yeah, note, it's worth shooting for. Sorry. It is worth shooting for. No, that's all. It is worth for. I think that's a better last word than what I was going to say. So I'm just going to shut up. Oh, now I <laughs> want to know what you were going to say. <laughs> well, just say, uh, thank, uh, well, I was just going to say that, you know, um, that's truly living in the moment. Yeah, truly no, it is. In the present moment. For real. Um, yeah. It's, it's the way forward. It's the way forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, gentlemen, until next time. All right, guys. See you next week. Cheers, guys. <laughs>